0: The Paul Kuharski Podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003.
1: Welcome into the Paul Kuharski Podcast. I am Paul Kuharski, special edition today with a fine guest who I will bring on in a bit. This house is expecting a pizza, which I will not be partaking in, but the boy and his mother will be having it for dinner, which means there's going to be a doorbell which you're going to hear. And then there's going to be a dog reacting to the doorbell. And we will just be considering this ambient sound to the podcast. It makes it that much homier. That's what I've decided anyway. So I hope you'll enjoy that. And you'll feel like you're here in the home office in undisclosed, undisclosed location in Brentwood, Tennessee brought to you by Yazoo. We'll talk a little bit more about them a little bit later. As always, Titans heading to Oakland, crucial game. Titans don't play well on the West Coast, generally speaking. We talked a bit about this on the Midday 180 this week, but let's not make a federal issue of their struggles in Oakland. By my count, um, since 2002, they've lost three out of four, including – AFC championship game, which was played in 2003, I believe. But look, we're going back to 2002, 2003, 2004. Then they didn't play out there until 2013 and they won that game. So a lot of that's ancient history. Um, the dirt that makes it tough out there is gone because baseball season's long over. Mike Vrabel had a great line this week, you know, about people asking him about it being. Uh, the Titans last time out there before the move to Las Vegas. And he said, you know, what am I going to tell people years from now? Hey, you remember the last game the Raiders played in Oakland? I I coached the game before that. Um, So it's not a lot of sentiment there. I mean, people have their feelings about the black hole. I've talked a little bit about, you know, uh, that stadium's reopening as a football facility got me my start. As an NFL football beat writer, I covered the, two, uh, the 1995 Oakland Raiders for the Oakland Tribune, um, and that that got me started. So the reopening of that building um, opened the door for me, and now I'm going out there uh, one last time before they uh, – they're not blowing the place up because there's going to be baseball there, but they're effectively closing it for football. So my career has spanned the – The football, the second football life of of the building. Um, In order to win there, Titans are going to have to do some good work, and it's going to include slowing down Darren Waller. Um, This guy, I I know how good he is because he's been on my uh, fantasy football team. and I know he's helped a lot of other people too. Darren Waller. You saw him on Hard Knocks if you were watching it. Um, He's 93 yards from a 900-yard season, and he would be just the second tight end in Raiders history to get to that number, joining Todd Christensen, who did it four times from 83 to 86. Oakland tight end, so this also includes Foster Moreau and just a little bit from Derek Carrier have 527 yards after the catch this season, which is a ridiculous number. Waller had some personal troubles, uh, which kind of slowed his career from getting going. And he started off in Baltimore, where Titans defensive coordinator Dean Pease was familiar with him. We asked Pease on Thursday about Waller. And all of these receptions from the tight ends and the running backs for the Raiders. You know, I was with him and he's in Baltimore. I mean, I know his talent, and the running backs are really good—not only good runners, they're really all of them good out of the backfield catching the ball. And they got speed at wide receiver, but probably more than any team we faced all year. You know, the tight end and the uh, backs is it's probably the
0: first time all year I think we faced somebody that maybe. Those two groups were the leading receivers over
1: over the receivers. So uh, we obviously, they're they're concerned. concern. Pretty remarkable story. Titans against tight ends, not always the best, but they are going to be able to not have to worry too, too much about the receivers because this team simply doesn't get a lot out of its receivers. Tyrell Williams, the most dangerous, but he was intended to be a number two behind Antonio Brown, We know how that went, and he's not a guy that has elevated himself into that number one spot. He's not a guy who has elevated himself into that number one spot. Um, He certainly did some damage against the Titans uh, in a different role when he was on the Chargers last year in London. Um, I know a lot of people are looking at this like it's going to be a trap game. I don't think there's anything anything that's going to qualify as a trap game for the Titans now. They know they've got little room for error. They know what's at stake. Um, You know, they could go to Oakland and lose this game, but it's not going to be because they're looking past the Raiders. I don't think there's anybody on the Titans this week who's spending any time thinking about next week's game at home against Houston. Um, So if they lose at Oakland, it's not because anybody's spending any time thinking about the Texans next week. It'll be because the... uh, Raiders are not bad, but the Raiders are bad in a lot of ways, um, which is why the Titans should absolutely beat them. They're catching them at a good time. The Raiders have just lost two games very badly, though those two games were on the road, Uh, and they're a much better football team at home, and the Titans uh, need to take care of business. They're banged up. um, They're banged up at cornerback um, where they've brought in some help. They're banged up at receiver where Adam Humphreys didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, and where, more concerningly, uh, A.J. Brown left the field early in practice on Thursday with a calf issue. Um, that would be a big loss. Derrick Henry dealing with a hamstring second week in a row. I wouldn't expect that to, to, uh, to hold him back. But a lot of things to monitor. I'm recording this on Thursday. Um, we've got another practice on Friday, an official injury report coming out after that. Um, it's the time of year. If you can get out there, you get out there. But there's attrition on both sides, and um, both teams going to do everything they can to get everybody out there that they can. We're going to talk some analytics here, and we'll be right back with Ben Baldwin of The Athletic. Paul Kuharski podcast is brought to you by Yazoo brew. It's Nashville's finest beer. There's something for everybody. Uh, I drink it year round, the half of though. People claim that's seasonal. I don't buy it. So you can drink whichever variety you like. Grab a six pack for your fridge, take a 12 pack to your friend's house to watch the game uh, or a case. And then when you're out uh, with friends, be sure to pony up to the bar and order one of, their wonderful beers, Yazoo Brew, has been sponsoring this podcast for a long time. And I'm grateful and I hope uh, you'll be grateful too and show them your support. I'm very pleased to be joined by Ben B. Baldwin. That's his Twitter handle, Ben B. Baldwin. But the name on there is New Age Analytical. And uh, he's a great Twitter follow. I highly recommend him. I have not talked to him before right now. How are you doing, Ben? Good.
0: Uh, how are you? And uh, thanks for having me on.
1: I'm very well. I appreciate you uh, coming. And I'm going to hit you right over the head right when we start, because I've been studying your, your tweets. Has Aaron Rodgers been an average quarterback since 2017?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so that's um, that's kind of been one of the discussion points for this season. I wrote an article, I guess, a couple of months ago now on uh, the Athletic. Um, just pointing out that the perception of his play hasn't really matched up with reality um, since his MVP season in 2014. And, and since then, he's been a good but not elite quarterback where if you look at quarterback rankings, most people have him in the top three or the top one. And if you look at his player, the Packers offense, uh, it, it's really hard to reconcile him being up there with the the Drew Breeses and the Russell Wilsons of the world.
1: It's hard to shake those reputations, good or bad, generally speaking. Uh, I guess unless you're Eli Manning, right? Is he he the outlier? He's played bad enough to shake off those two Super Bowls uh, in, in his time sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. If if you play poorly for enough seasons in a row, then people will catch up. Uh, I, I think there was a, a time period where Joe Flacco was pretty highly regarded after the Super Bowl and then a couple of seasons after that and then Uh, If if you put together enough disappointing seasons in a row, then eventually people will catch on. But Rodgers hasn't been nearly as bad as those two, to be fair to him.
1: Yeah. What is it about Rodgers, though? It seems he's still got the quick release. Um, And and he's got a coach who comes from a good offensive background. I know Matt LaFleur from his year here, but that's a a much better defensive team. Um, I know the Packers don't necessarily rate with the very top of the NFC, but the NFC's, Got a pretty good uh, bunch of, of good teams at, at the top, um, and they're winning games clearly. Um, so what is he and isn't he doing this year? Um, and I guess a lot of a lot of teams might be well served to have uh, an average quarterback like Aaron Rodgers on their rosters right now.
0: Yeah, when when I hear, for example, Bears fans reacting to this, they they say even if Rodgers is an average quarterback i would love to have an average quarterback sure. right now uh watching their team um i and the Rodgers discussion is interesting because watching him you can see that all the physical tools are still there he still has uh the arm strength the quick release he can still um, scramble and throw all the run, on the run um hit deep bombs and all of that stuff is still there and probably hasn't even diminished it's just the uh, the play to play accuracy um, where he'll miss throws or he's conservative. So he won't throw to receivers in structure and try to create something outside and putting all that together. it There's enough misplays that their offense just isn't quite what we would expect from the old Aaron Rodgers, where their offense would be dominant year in and year out.
1: How's he done in structure, generally speaking? Cause that was the big kind of debate as LaFleur took that job that, that there was going to be this strain between playing in the structure that Lafleur was going to require, and then the effect of going outside the structure at the end of a play was going to be that much more dramatic if he stayed inside the structure at the start. Haven't heard much about that as the years gone on. Is that is that tension exist in their in their system and in the way they've played, or has it kind of resolved itself?
0: I, I think there there's there's definitely still some, and and it's kind of hard because they're they have so many young receivers that him not, tr- it, it could be him not trusting the structure or him not trusting the non Devonte Adams receivers, <laughs> but whatever it is, you'll, you'll see plays where there's and, and this is true for every quarterback, but I, I think it's probably true for him to a greater extent. There, there'll be plays on the field that he just isn't comfortable throwing the ball. So it ends up in a sack or a throwaway more often than not. Um, one of the big stories coming into this year, and and we can hit on this, when we get to the Titans, is their play-action passing under McCarthy was just really bad. So the hope was that uh, under Matt LaFleur, he could put together a team that was more effective in play-action play passing because uh, attacking teams in play-action is, is kind of the cheat code for NFL offenses. And it has gotten better this year, but it's still not kind of at the top of the league.
1: All right, you're listening to the Paul Kuharski Podcast brought to you by Yazoo Brew. This is where uh, we take a pause and we put the good stuff on the other side for members only. We're with Ben Baldwin from The Athletic, and you're going to want to hear everything on the other side. We're going to talk about whether running backs actually wear down offenses over the duration of a game, whether teams need to run effectively to set up play action, the extent to which a quarterback controls his own sack rate, CPOE completion percentage over expected running back production being driven by environment um, and the Titan staff being one that has nobody with an analytics title. You're not going to want to miss it. If you're not a member of Paul go sign up for a membership. We've got a cyber week sale going on right now. You sign up, you come back, you listen to the other part of this podcast on the other side. Trust me. Really good stuff waiting for you there. If you're a member, come on through.
0: The Paul Kaharski Podcast is a joint production of PaulKharzky.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L Now.com.